0: Hello, everyone, and a very pleasant good afternoon or evening to you, wherever you may be listening to this, right here on Life's Opening Radio Road Break. This is an extra episode. This is the AEW All Out 2023 review, which I promised everyone that I was going to do, and here we are. This is the show after Wyndham Rotunda passed away. This is the AEW pay-per-view right after he passed away. Uh, He passed away on the Friday before this pay-per-view, so this was obviously a... Uh, when the rotunda tribute show for those of you who don't know uh, when the rotunda was Bray Wyatt he was also the fiend in WWE and he passed away uh, right before this AEW All Out 2023 review which we will do right now we're not going to waste any more time so we're going to go right into it with the AEW All Out 2023 pay-per-view from the United Center in Chicago Illinois there was 10,000 people there Uh, the capacity by the way for the United Center for those of you who are wondering is 20,000 people AEW got half a crowd uh for this show and um let's just say the ticket sales for this show was not good at all they pretty much got half a crowd and literally AEW all out 2023 was like like before this this show even happened it was like a, there was like seven thousand tickets sold for this show like no one necessarily cared about this show for some apparent reason but uh apparently you know time heals all wounds so uh that's why they got half a crowd um anyway zero hour pre-show this is for aw all out 2023 the zero hour show i wrote like a couple of notes down because obviously i did not care about this entire zero hour pre-show obviously that's not what all of you are here for but i'm here to review it nonetheless because there were matches on that show Brian Danielson cut a promo to open up Zero Hour. He referred to Winter Rotunda's match with him at the Royal Rumble 2020, which I did see personally, myself in person, and it was um, it was here, right here in Houston. So, the Royal Rumble 2020, Brian Danielson referred to Winter Rotunda and he said, and I quote, "The last time he was in a strap match, it was against it was against someone he loved and they beat the hell out of each other." And he doesn't love Ricky and he doesn't even like him, so just imagine what he's going to do to Ricky Starks. That sounded wrong, I apologize, but um that was Brian Danielson's words, not mine. I apologize. But um yeah, Brian Danielson he returned on the day before AEW All Out, on the collision before AEW All Out. He returned to a big surprise, and what was gonna happen was Ricky Starks was gonna challenge Ricky Steamboat to a strap match. And Ricky Steamboat obviously is retired. He hasn't wrestled in um, 14 years, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah. There you go, everybody. Um, Anyway, um, Brian Nelson cut the promo, and it was obviously a great promo to open up the Zero Hour. Um, An over-budget battle royal happened right after. Um, It was a charity battle royal. I did not write... Uh, most of the people that was in this battle royal because obviously no one gave a fuck about this battle royal And no one cared about this battle royal. Let's just put it like that. This opened the show uh, Technically Well, not really not the main show the pre-show but uh, yeah Hangman Adam Page gets $50,000 for his charity So he donates it to charity and stuff like that. So hangman Adam Page won the battle royal That's all I need to know. I did not write a rating down for this match because this does not count as an actual match, except uh, it's on the pre-show. That's why it's not counting as a match. So if you guys are wondering why I'm not giving a rating for the pre-show matches, you know why. You hear, you heard it here first. Willow Nightingale, Hikaru Shida, and Sky Blue, the hometown chick versus Diamante, Athena, the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, and Mercedes Martinez with Billy Starks in her corner. Um, I did not write anything down for this match specifically, but I do remember what happened in the match. And I do know that Sky Blue pinned Diamante to win the match and she got the win in her hometown of Chicago, This Sky Blue. I am liking Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. I I feel like Sky Blue doesn't have any kind of storyline or character progression or whatsoever. I'm not disrespecting Sky Blue, even though I literally just did, but I'm not disrespecting her as a person. I'm sure she's a very nice person, but again, there's no character development on her behalf. At least Willow has had character development. You know, she was fucking feuding with Athena and stuff like that. So, um, I do see where they're going with this, but I don't get, like, there There needs to be more character development in the women's division. Like, you, for instance, you got Julia Hart, who's about to have her title match at Wrestle Dream. So, there should be some character development for every woman on the show. Not every woman has to be on the show. No disrespect whatsoever. But, again, there needs to be a lot of character development for all of these women and... Heading forward, there needs to be a lot more spotlight on these women that are in the AEW Women's Division. Um, we got a little fashion in Galable, uh, video package, Roosh, and uh, he wants he wants bad attitudes, he wants blood, so he's recruiting for the LFI. Um, if, for those of you who don't know who is in LFI, um, it is Roosh uh, Dragolistico. Hopefully I, I pronounced that right. I don't want to sound rude or disrespectful when I say that. Um, it's Rouge and his brother, Drag- Drillistico. And then I don't know where um, Preston Vance fits in the group, though. I feel like they're testing him in a way. I don't know if he's still in the group or not. But if he still is in the group, um, I'm here to tell y'all right now, no one gives a fuck. And also, no one gave a fuck about this next match that closed out the Zero Hour Pre-Show. The acclaimed Anthony Bowens, still employed. Max Caster, still employed. Billy Gunn, still employed. Jeff Jarrett, still employed. Jay Lethal, still employed. Sadnam Singh, still employed. Karen Jarrett, still employed. Sanjay Dutt, still employed. By the way, they have a new faction name. Total Nonstop Annoyance. Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Sadnam Singh with Sanjay Dutt and Karen Jarrett. Total Nonstop Annoyance. That's the best y'all could come up with, AEW Creative? That's the best y'all could come up with... Are y'all serious? Really? Really? Never ceases to amaze me every single week. Never ceases to amaze me, AEW Creative. Never ever ceases to amaze me. No rating for this goddamn match. I don't care about this match. This shit sucks, get this shit off my television. I'm saying this one time and probably one time only, for this specific match. I don't care. No one give a fuck. And none of you should give a damn either. There you go. That's the zero hour pre-show. Main show. The real show. AEW All Out 2023. We begin with the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles on the line. Better than you, baby. Adam Cole and Maxwell Jacob Freeman, the AEW World Champion. MJF. Adam Cole and MJF versus the Dark Order. John Silver, I almost said John Reynolds. I don't know who the fuck is John Reynolds. I mean, that dude sounds like a jobber, to be fair. But um, <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Give me a fucking break. Alex Reynolds and John Silver with Evil Uno in their corner. Um, I'm going to go over everything that happened in the match because I actually did watch this match uh, myself. So Adam Cole and John Silver, they start off and they trade off headlocks. They trade off some um, Channing. There was a double clothesline chant for for Adam Cole and MJF because their finishing tag team maneuver is a double clothesline. There, there could be better tag team finishes that they can have, but um, I'm I'm not the judge. I don't write AEW creative, and I'm glad I'm not an AEW creative, to be honest with you, because some of the shit that they've been writing lately has been fucking awful. Um, There's a kangaroo kick chant. Silver lands a penalty kick. And then a pump kick by Adam Cole. MJF tags in, but um, Alex Reynolds saves John Silver. So Alex Reynolds tags in. MJF chance for sportsmanship. I'm not making this up. So MJF and Adam Reynolds, they trained each other, as a matter of fact. So that's why this match is happening. So MJF um, does an eye poke, though. So there you go. MJF, by the way... We don't know if MJF's a babyface because I feel like MJF, with the way he's being booked lately, he's been kind of a babyface. He's not a tweener. He's not a heel. He's straight up a babyface at this rate. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, John Silva cheap shot MJF. MJF landed a shoulder block and then he uh, he held his neck. I thought his neck was hurt again, but uh, there you go. Uh, John Silver runs around, he attacks Adam Cole. The doctors check on MJF, so apparently they think MJF has a neck tweak or whatever the fuck. So they take MJF to the back. I'm not making this up. So they check on MJF in the back, and Adam Cole is out there two-on-one. Uh John Silver takes over. He beats up Adam Cole. Uh Reynolds goes for a cheap shot. Cole cuts him off. Uh Adam Cole goes for a Panama sunrise. John Silver counters. He lays in some stiff kicks to Adam Cole, and then hits him with a Fisherman's Buster for a two-count. Alex Reynolds tags in. He beats up Adam Cole for a while. He beats him up with a boot. Evil Evil Uno on the outside with some cheap shots. Um, John Silver tags back in. McCole fights. He makes a comeback. He has a Brain Buster. uh, Excuse me. Ayushi Garoshi to um, John Silver, and they lay down selling. Um... Hold on. Here's what happened. Okay, I know what happened. I know what happened. So Alex Reynolds tags back in, and they go for their um, alternating moves. I don't know what the hell the finishers are called, but I do know that Silver and Reynolds did some double-team moves, and uh, Adam Cole kicked at it, too. Uh, Reynolds and Silver wants the double clothesline. John Silver then tags in, and they hit the double clothesline, and Adam Cole kicks out. So Uno then yells at the referee on the apron. So uh, John... John Silver and Alex Reynolds—they both get the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. Cole boots down Reynolds. He super kicks John Silver. Then MJF comes back. Then MJF makes the hot tag, and um, MJF goes crazy. He hits the kangaroo kick, and then the double clothesline. One, two, three, and Alex Reynolds gets pinned with the double clothesline by Adam Cole and MJF. This match went 14 minutes. Um, I gave this match a seven. Logic probably, probably a two. Except for the Dark Order, like, getting offense in, um, there was not really a lot of stuff that played. I get, I get that Adam Cole and MJF, like, they were teasing MJF, you know, he was going to leave him high and dry, but then MJF came back and stuff like that. So, MJF was selling the neck from All In. So, I don't know why that had to be incorporated into this match, though. They could have had MJF come out on a neck brace and stuff like that. Maybe that would have worked. Maybe that wouldn't, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Dark Order lost, as usual. Uh, clean us whistle, by the way, on this show. So uh, there you go, everybody. That was the first match on AEW All Out 2023. And after the match, Samoa Joe was walking down. No, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Samoa Joe was walking down. So, Samoa Joe, MJF and Samoa Joe, they brawl literally in the ring, and Joe, he had a choke on MJF, so the official gets involved, they separate MJF and Samoa Joe, um, there was a lot of commotion, so there you go, so after that match, they had a match at Dynamite Grand Slam, which I will review in a separate uh, roundup video, so look out for that video in the near future. I will review that show and all of the other shows for AEW, so look out for that roundup in the future, and there you go, everybody. Um, That was that, so we go right into our next match, which is also another Ring of Honor Championship match. This is for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor, by the way, is on Wrestle Dream, but he's on the pre-show. The Zero-hour pre-show. So, um. yeah, talk about a downgrade for Shane Taylor. Seriously, what the fuck are you guys doing for Shane Taylor? Can, can Shane Taylor, please, win an actual match? Holy fucking shit. I'm not saying he's bad in the ring. I'm not saying he's not a great wrestler. Shane Taylor's great. But, again, he went from the second match... On this show to the zero-hour pre-show at Wrestle Dream, What? What? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to go off this match. Uh, Samoa Joe, he hits Shane Taylor right away. Shane Taylor hits a shoulder block. Uh, Shane Taylor with some punches in the corner, but Samoa Joe chops him. And we get some more strikes. Shane Taylor hits a clothesline. Uh, Samoa Joe pulls shane taylor out of the ring and we have a brawl on the outside they're going back and forth beating the hell out of each other at this rate so um joe hits an enziguri they uh no excuse me um shane taylor hits a Uranagi, and then he hits a running splash and back inside the ring then joe hits an enziguri that sends shane taylor outside of the ring samoa joe hits a suicide dive and then shane taylor hits a uh right hand and then uh Joe hits a Manhattan drop and then the running boot and then the senton for a one count. I'm not making this up, a one count. Um this was back in the ring now, so we're back in the ring now. Uh Shane Taylor hits Lariat for a two count. Uh Samoa Joe goes to the apron, he snaps Shane Taylor over the top rope and then he hits the coquina clutch, but Taylor uh Shane Taylor drags him over the ropes and hits a stunner. Uh a he hit he had a stunner. It was over the rope, so uh Samoa Joe's selling his neck. And then Shane Taylor did a couple more moves. And then he goes to the top row for a splash. And he hits the splash near fall on Samoa Joe. Uh, Shane Taylor comes back with more strikes. Joe hits him with a lariat. Uh, Shane Taylor does not go down after the lariat. And then there was some more striking. There was a lot of striking in this match. This match was awesome, man. This was great. This was really good. But I feel like this match was short, though. Because in my notes, I wrote the time for this match. I have this match at a different time than what actually did happen so let me pull this up really fast while we're doing this oh and by the way Samoa Joe won with the cocaine clutch he taps out Shane Taylor and Samoa Joe still your ring of honor world television champion and then he fights MJF at Dynamite Grand Slam which I will review um, in a separate AEW video so look out for that video in the near future but uh, as I do that um, I will now pull up the time for Samoa Joe and Shane Taylor because I wrote down a different time for this match I feel like this match went 10 minutes max but I feel like this went shorter than that let me pull this up really fast uh while I do that right now Uh, while we have a break in the review I'd like to remind all of you by the way that um Dream review me and Cabo is going to be on that review so look out for that review it's going to be a pretty big episode because there's a lot of matches on Dream, so look out for that episode on Life's Only Radio Rope Oh, here we go. Here, here's the time that I wrote down. I wrote down... I, I I wrote down 7 minutes and 45 seconds for this match. So, uh, yeah. A relatively short match. But this was okay. I gave this match a 6. Logic, I gave it a 2. Because it was predictable. Plus, Shane Taylor was not beating Samoa Joe. When Samoa Joe literally just came off of almost beating CM Punk in a very good match. So, uh yeah, and CM Punk, by the way, got fired. For those of you who already don't know, CM Punk got released and fired. So, there you go. All right, everyone, our next match after this was Luchasaurus, the TNT champion, the former now TNT champion, because on Collision, um, Luchasaurus lost a belt. Uh, Christian Cage pinned Luchasaurus to become the new TNT champion. So, the former TNG champion, uh, Luchasaurus, versus... Uh Darby Allen with Nick Wayne in his corner for the TNT Championship was the third match on the show. Um I did not write a lot of notes down for this match, but I do know what happened in the match. Luchasaurus beat the fucking shit out of Darby Allen. Darby Allen got maimed by Luchasaurus on this and on this in this match in general. Now, Darby had his moments of offense, but this was mostly Luchasaurus' match. Like Luchasaurus had everything in control. He tried to hit him with the ring steps, and he drops him face first onto the steel steps, and they they land on the lower back of Darby Allen. and, man, Darby Allen was getting walloped in this match. Darby then hit an O'Connor for a two-count, then he hit a cross body, which was cool. Um, Luchasaurus, uh, Darby tries to climb on top. He tried to hit Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, he literally bounces off of Luchasaurus. And then Luchasaurus hits the boot hits a boot. And he chokes him with his boot in the corner. And Darby then goes to the outside. Luchasaurus tries to go on the apron. Darby hits him into, shoves him, puts him into the ring post. He counters into he counters Luchasaurus into the ring post. Uh, Darby forces Luchasaurus into a chair, which was set up by Krishna, I believe. And then he climbs into the top rope. He dives onto Luchasaurus. Uh, back in the ring. Luchasaurus then gets caught with a crucifix bomb for a near fall Luchasaurus catches a splash and then he hits a released German suplex which did not look good for Darby Allen Darby Allen looked like he got injured legitimately with that German suplex holy crap and then uh, Christian Cage is trying to tell Nick Wayne to throw on the towel uh, Nick Wayne and Christian they face off he will not face he will not throw the towel. Darby then dives on to Christian after Luchasaurus did a torture act. Um, Darby goes up top. Darby, uh, no, Luchasaurus tries to go for a chokeslam. Darby bites out of his way into a chokeslam. He has an avalanche Code red off the top rope for a near fall, which should have been the match uh, ending, but instead it was not because, well, Luchasaurus is too strong and very powerful. So there you go. Um, ch- Christian... Hits Nick Wayne with a chair to distract him. He 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 threatens to do a concerto to Nick Wayne if he goes through with it, which distracts Darby Allen. Obviously, Luchasaurus hits two tombstones. Um, then he hits the Northern Lariat for the one, two, three. Luchasaurus beats Darby Allen. I gave this match a six and a half. Logic probably a one because this was a relatively long. This was a long squash match. I feel like this didn't do anything for Darby Allen except give him that kind of um, momentum that he needs. I I feel like this match didn't really do much for Darby Allen. No disrespect whatsoever. But I just feel like Darby kind of looked like a... He looked like a a jobber in this instance because he got maimed by Luchasaurus in this match. He got lit up all match long. And then he had a couple of moves here and there. But Luchasaurus just... A dominant person. And... Darby Allen lost. No surprise here. And... Um... Then after the match... uh, Sean Spears brings out the locker room... Because Christian was gonna do a concerto to Darby. He did not do it to Nick Wayne. So, um... There you go. So... Sean Spears helping... Sean Spears and like... Probably like... Five to ten people in the locker room. They're saving Darby Allen. So they're going to save that, you know, moment for a better time. I think Darby is going to do it to Christian because they're fighting at Russell Dream in the main event of Russell Dream, which I uh, AEW by the way, they already spoiled the main event of Russell Dream. So don't come at me. This is what this is what's going on here. So, our next match, we got a high package, Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm going to go out on the limb and say this. This was the third best match on this entire show. The main event was great. I will admit this: the main event of All Out was awesome. It was a great match, and then probably the Takesha Omega match. That's a second. That's the second for me. But this match was the third best thing on the entire show. This is my honest opinion. This is not anyone else's opinion but mine. Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. We're gonna. Um, I'm going to briefly go over this match because there was a lot of good stuff that happened in this match, and the crowd, by the way, was chanting "Meat." Pause. That's exactly what they were chatting. Don't come at me. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what they said. I I don't know why. And then when um when T J Perry made her AEW debut, um they were chanting literally um should I say it without it's gonna it's a pause moment it's a pause moment. Nah, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I am gonna say it. Um we're gonna go into the match now. Miro beats up uh, Will Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs goes for a couple of lariats, but he misses. Uh, they run into each other. Miro with more punches and kicks, but he hits. But Powerhouse Hobbs has a clothesline, um, shoulder strikes in the corner from Powerhouse Hobbs. Then he has an elbow. Miro hits a spinning heel kick for a two count. Um, Hobbs rolls. Miro, no, excuse me. Hobbs rolls out of the ring and he stuns Miro over the top rope. So he tries to buy some time. Um, back in the ring, belly to belly by. Powerhouse Hobbs, Hobbs is in control. He hits an Exploder Suplex, which I have never seen him do before, so that was new for me. Um, Miro then fights back. He hits some punches, but Hobbs cuts him off. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs does a Corner Splash to Miro, but Miro avoids the second one, and Hobbs goes down onto the outside. Miro is on the apron. Yeah, Miro's on the apron. He goes for it. He hits a Cannonball Senton to Powerhouse Hobbs on the floor, and then he tosses powerhouse Hobbs into those into the steel ring steps so they're brawling on the outside Hobbs gets back in the ring Hobbs does a chin lock uh Miro breaks the grip of powerhouse Hobbs when they started trading and they start trading punches they do some running splashes from both men neither men will fall they both go back and forth with clotheslines neither man goes down Miro hits like fucking five clotheslines in a row Finally, he draws Powerhouse Hobbs after probably the fifth clothesline. Uh, Miro gets Hobbs on the apron for the Beast of the Baldron. That is Sheamus' move, by the way. So he literally uh, beats up his chest with the fist. You guys get the idea. If you, if you know what I'm talking about, watch a Sheamus match. You'll know what I'm talking about. Um, we're back. In, then we get back into the ring. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs is a Gordbuster for a two-count. No, excuse me. He has a gourd buster sending Miro back into the ring. And then he has a super... No, excuse me. Miro... Hold on, hold on. My notes notes from here gets a little bit cloudy. Stay with me, everybody. Miro went for something. I wrote in my notes, Miro went for something. Powerhouse Hobbs was on the top rope for some reason. So Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs do a superplex off the top rope. And then Miro does a comeback. He hits his running kick. Uh, Hobbs will not go down. Um, he goes for a second one. Powerhouse Hobbs counters into a spinning power slam for a two count. So there you go. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs with a clothesline. Miro comes off the roast with a clothesline. Miro hits another kick. Miro wants the game over, camel clutch, but instead, Hobbs fights out and then he hits the. Um, I don't know what it's called, but he basically hits the Spine Buster. It was supposed to be called something Spinebuster, but I forgot the name of it. It'll come back to me very soon. It'll come back to me. Um, Anyway, he hits a Spinebuster, two count. Uh, Will Hobbs pulls the strap down. He wants the Camel Clutch. Miro escapes. He hits Powerhouse Hobbs with a Spinebuster. Then he hits the game over on Will Hobbs, and Will Hobbs taps out, and Miro wins the match. Third best thing on the entire show. This match was awesome. This match was great. I gave this match an 8. Logic, I gave it a 5. I thought this match was excellent between these two big men. This was pretty good for a big man match. This was pretty good. This was better than Bronson Reed and Otis on Raw, which obviously, if you have not checked out the Raw roundup yet, uh, it should be out by the time you hear this review. Anyway, um, this match was great. And then, as I mentioned already, uh, CJ Perry made her AEW debut, Miro's wife, for those of you who don't know. So... Um, CJ Perry came out because Will Hobbs was beating up Miro she hit uh, Will Hobbs with a chair and um, Will Hobbs was about to do something to CJ Perry but Miro saves her and um, Miro and CJ Perry they lock eyes and then Miro just walks away he wants no part of his wife because he declared that his wife nor his god is helpful to him Essentially. So, yeah, I can see where they're going with this. And also, uh, they're trying to build an angle where uh, CJ Perry is about to manage another guy in spite of Miro. So, I don't know where the hell that's going. And honestly, I don't want to see that shit. Because that shit is absolutely lame. I know why they don't want to do the WWE stuff with Miro and CJ Perry uh, teaming them up. I get it. But again, I don't want to see CJ Perry manage another uh wrestler, just, it doesn't, it just does not feel right, it just doesn't, that's just my honest opinion, maybe some of you may share, some of you may share the same opinion as mine, but, uh, yeah, there you go, um, yeah, there you go, Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs, the third best thing on this entire show, and there you go, all right, next match for the TBS championship, Chris Statlander, the still TBS champion, Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho with Soraya in her corner, Um, this match was also a pretty solid match for a women's match. By the way, this was the only women's match on the main show of this show. So, yeah. This is the only women's match on the entire show, technically. So, yeah. I, um, I thought this match was pretty solid, so I'm good. I didn't write a lot of notes down for this match, but all I do know is that, uh, Chris Statliner hit a spinning power slam at one point for a near fall, um ruby soho hits a sick poison rana and then she has a tornado ddt and a spike hurricane rana not enough to pin uh, chris statlander they start trading strikes they fight up back to their feet chris statlander hit a blue thunderbomb at one point which i thought was pretty cool so she got a two count on that uh, statlander goes up to the top rope saraya distracts her soho hits the no future kick on chris statlander and then she has destination unknown but chris statlander kicks out Um, Soraya distracts the referee again So Soraya We have a road break ledger here As part of the lights opening ready road break So Soraya Two interference spots None of them worked in this match You're getting a $100 fine Um, Ruby Soho gets the spray paint The green spray paint But Tony Storm runs down She takes it away from Ruby Soho And while that's going on Chris Statlander hits her new finishing move, which is called the Saturday Night Fever 1-2-3. Chris Statlander retains and beats Ruby Soho in this match. I gave this match a a 6.5. Logic, I gave it a 1 because Ruby Soho looked like a geek in this match. And number 1, she lost because of Tony fucking Storm. And they were a part of the Outcast. but now Tony Storm has um, developed this uh, movie this, this old movie star gimmick, which people are beginning to like now, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. But again, there's no real explanation for why Tony Storm left the Outcasts. I mean, she, I know she wanted to do her own thing, but there was no real explanation for it, in my honest being. There was not a, a legit explanation for it. But uh, there you go, everybody. Um, Chris Dallin retains against Ruby Soho. I gave the match a six. Yeah, six and a half. And Logic, I gave it a one because it was kind of predictable. And then two. Chris Statlander won, so not much going on here. Um, Ricky Steamboat George, commentary for this match. Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks in the strap match. As, as, as I said earlier on, Brian Danielson uh, made a surprise appearance. He came back, so that's good. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. This was not the second best thing on the show, but I thought this match was pretty good. This episode of Rope Break is interrupted to advertise Locks Open Radio certified bangers, a roller of music consisting of drum and bass in the pop. R&B. To Kabul's mind, as well as world news and special guests. You can listen to Life's Opening Radio Certified Bangers every Sunday afternoon on Spotify. Back to your regular schedule. Danielson came out with the uh final countdown music is very recognizable final countdown music Ricky Starks and attacks him from behind and then he hits him with the weight belt that he brought out so Ricky Starks is beating him up with that so he hits uh Brian Danielson with the buckle with a belt buckle uh so we're gonna have the uh, strap match between Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson um I watched this match twice and I thought it was a very good match between these two guys. And there was uh, a Texas deathmatch that they had on Collision, which I thought was also pretty good as well. So, Danielson and Starks are really going at it, which I really do appreciate. And I really like the fact that they're really beating each other's behinds. Let's just put it like that. They're, they're really beating each other up. This is great. This is great. <sighs> Um, I did not write everything that happened in this match, but I will say this match was great. Um, I know Brian Danielson was bleeding halfway through the match, um, they, they, um, they were kicking each other, uh, they were beating each other up with the strap, uh, which was a leather strap, obviously, so they're selling the strap shots and whatever the fuck, so next thing I know, Big Bill shows up, he attacks Brian Danielson, by the way, this match- this uh, match was no DQ. Um, Ricky Starks he pulls down Big Bill and he takes him out. Bill goes to choke slam Ricky the Dragons. Uh, Bill goes to choke slam Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but Brian Downson send Ricky Starks into Big Bill on the outside. So back in the ring, uh, Brian wants the Basaku Basaku knee, but Starks intercepts. He hits a spear, gets a near fall. Uh, Starks tries a Rochambeau, Brian hits the knee, another near fall. Uh, Brian wants to kick uh, Ricky Starks' head in. He, starts, he just stomps on Ricky Starks over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, my goodness. He could have stomped him until next week. The way he was stomping out Ricky Starks in this match. So, he hits the label lock. Uh, Ricky Starks is fighting, but Brian then uses the strap that is tied together to Ricky Starks. He chokes out Ricky Starks with the strap. And Ricky Starks passes out, but he never gives up. Uh, The referee stops it. And my goodness, what a match this was. This match was excellent. More matches between these two men. But I do not want to see five matches between these two. That's what I do not want to see. And by the way, I timed this correctly this time at 16 minutes. And for a 16-minute strap match, this was pretty good. I gave this match an 8.5. Logic, I gave it a 5. I thought this match was pretty, pretty well done pretty good match um there was not a lot of um there was not a lot of story heading into this match and there really wasn't a lot of build really for this match but i like the fact that they baited and switched um brian danielson into this spot so i don't have a problem with this at all i thought this was great so brian danielson wins uh the strap match here on this show here at AEW all out we go to our next match it's a tag team match i believe am i correct Hold on, let me find this match really fast here. Uh, It is a tag team match. I know that. Yes, here it is. All right. Eddie Kingston and Cassiore Shibata versus Claudio Castagnoli and Willie Utah as a part of the Black Bull Combat Club. Um, Eddie Kingston comes out with the t-shirt that says Claudio sucks eggs, a reference to Terry Funk, who also died um, before Bray Wyatt passed away. Um, By the way, Claudio sucks eggs. Pause. That was wild. That was wild. That, I don't I don't care. That, that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, Shibata and Willie Yuta start off. Shibata with some early leg kicks, and they get some mat wrestling. Very good mat wrestling between the two. Um, Shibata goes for an armbar. Willie gets to the bottom rope. Uh, Shibata with some Kawada kicks, and then he has some European uppercut. Claudio wants in, and, and Eddie Kingston wants in because Eddie and Claudio are still feuding. And I will talk about the match that happened at Grand Slam by the way, the Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio Castagnoli, um, he lost about belt at Grand Slam, so that's why I said former. Um, Claudio avoids the penalty kick. Willa Yuta chops Eddie. Um, Claudio doesn't even want to look at Eddie Kingston, so they're teasing their interaction very soon. Willa dives onto Eddie Kingston um, on the outside. Claudio picks up Eddie. He slams him into the barricade. Willie Yuta cheap shots uh Cassio or Shibata. Willie Yuta hits a senton. Claudio yanks on the arm of Eddie Kingston. Corner strikes from Claudio. And he tags in Willie Yuta. Uh, Willa then runs into the rose. But he runs into a knee. And then a butterfly suplex. And then Willie Yuta tags to Claudio. Um, Claudio... Try to stop him from tagging to uh he tried to stop eddie from t- tagging in shibata but he doesn't so he hits a double stomp so he beats up um eddie kicks in for a while uh shibata then tags in he is a butterfly suplex he turns the kick out from claudio into an arm bar and then a triangle choke claudio is able to power up shibata and power bomb himself out of the choke which was awesome uh claudio launches willy uri into shibata for a two count a year u- a hurricane by shibata and then he hits a modified Indian death lock. Um, there you go. So he then he transitions it into an ankle lock. You got both Willie and Claudio in submissions. Claudio breaks out the hole with a European uppercut. But he drops uh, Willy Yuta. And he puts more pressure on the knee. Eddie Kingston has a corner clothesline. And then the Kobashi chops. And then the exploder. Eddie wants the Yuriken, the back, the back fist. But Claudio boots him in the face. So shibata takes out claudio uh shibata has a pump kick to maximizes uh eddie kingston saito suplex claudio breaks up the pin uh things are breaking down who was this fucking referee i believe it was um was it Stefan smith whoever the fuck that referee was get him the fuck out of here he was fucking awful rick knox was awful he was in the semi-main event i'm already giving rick knox another 200 dollar fine get him off my tv moving on now into our other match here so eddie and claudio they trade strikes in the middle of the ring Willie uda hit a british german suplex at 1.42 count um more uppercuts from claudio claudio goes for the ricola bomb eddie counters hits him with a back fist eddie pulls claudio up he has a northern lights bomb Willie uda breaks it up uh, Shabata grabs Willie in a sleeper hold, and Willie Uta is out. Claudio hits an uppercut on Eddie and the three count as Eddie Kingston kicks out at four, but Shibata was too busy holding up Willie Uta. So Claudio Cassignoli gets the win in this match. I am I was surprised that he got the win in this match. Normally, Claudio um, would not win a match with the uppercut, but he won the match with the uppercut. Great. I gave this match a seven. Logic, I gave it a four. Uh, That's the best rating I can give for this match, honestly, because I didn't care about this match too much. I cared about Eddie and Claudio facing off at Grand Slam more than I cared about this match. So uh, there you go, everybody. That's all you need to know. Um, Moving on now into our next match. Uh, Takesha. Kanosuke Takeshya's entrance music needs to be changed. This man's music went... "Mm -hmm." Fucking mosquito theme over here. Come on, bro. Kenosuke Takesha's theme sucks. Change this man's theme music. Please. Expeditiously. Unbelievable. Kenosuke Takesha versus Kenny Omega with Don Callis in Takesha's Corner, who was automatically getting a $300 fine. Get Don Callis the hell out of here. Security should have escorted this man out. Expeditiously. Holy shit. Um, anyway. Omega and Takeshi go back and forth. They trade arm ringers and escapes for a bit. Uh, Takeshi with a side headlock. Um, Takeshi then slams him down. They shove each other, and then Takeshi rakes the eyes. Uh, Omega hits a kick. Takeshi fires up. He hits a jumping calf kick, which was great. Omega blocks Takeshi's move called the Zahi. Um, he tries for a Snapdragon Suplex, but Takeshi counters into a backdrop driver, which was nasty. That was awesome. So there you go. So they brawl outside the ring uh, Takeshi has a haluva kick against the barricade to Kenny Omega, Takeshi goes for a suplex on the outside, but Omega hits a Finley roll on the outside, and then a moonsault off the barricade, so he basically does the, you can't escape this combination on, uh, Takeshi on the outside, we're back into the ring, Omega hits a springboard drop kick, then he has a jumping leg larry, and he kicks, uh, Takeshi in the ribs, he goes for a submission hold, of some kind, I didn't know what the hell it was called, but, uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it. I, I don't know what the hell that finished, that signature, I don't know what the hell that submission was. I almost said signature move. Kenny Omega has fucking 20 signature moves at this ring. Uh, Takeshi with an elbow drop. Uh, trace strikes with Omega. Takeshi then gouges his eyes again. Um, Don Callis gets involved at one point. He's getting an automatic fine. Actually, another $400 fine. Don Callis is at $700 worth of goddamn fines. Holy fucking shit. Why did Don Callis get involved in this goddamn match twice? Jesus. Anyway, um, Omega rolls out to the floor. Uh, Takeshi had a brain buster on the outside to Kenny Omega, which was awesome. And it was nasty at the same time. Uh, Don Callis pulls the chairs. He, actually, take, uh, Don Callis distracted the referee. Um, they, they, they Takeshi actually pulled out a pile of chairs. At one point, then Don Callis put the chairs on Kenny Omega's body. Uh, Takesha hit a diving senton to the floor onto the chairs onto Omega. So that hurt Takesha more than Kenny Omega. Um, that was a dumb spot, but uh, here we are. Uh, back into the ring, Takesha with another Huluva kick, then a, a blue Thunderbomb for a two count. Takesha hits a senton off the top of her for a two count. Uh, Omega tries to fight back with a chop. Takesha clobs it with an elbow. Takesha. Uh, goes up top again. He goes for another Santon. Omega gets his knees up. Omega makes a comeback. He has uh, Polish Hammer Strikes, which was close lines pretty much. Um, Omega Omega gets out of the way of a jumping knee by Takesha. Uh Omega goes for a Determinator Dive, which he does hit. Um, Omega hits the Missile Drop Kick to the back of Takesha's head off the top rope. He has a Snapdragon Suplex. He hit, he hits uh, two straight Snapdragon Suplexes. He wants a third one. Takesha fights out. He hits a Poison Rana for a two-count. Um, Takesha goes for a V-trigger. No, Takesha avoided a V-trigger. He was going to hit one earlier, uh, later on in the match, but he didn't. So he avoids the V-trigger. Omega flips out of a German. Uh, Takesha does the same. He hits, uh, Takeshi, Takeshi hits Kenny with another elbow. Omega finally hits the V-trigger, but Takesha comes off the rope with a lariat, and both men lay down selling, and the crowd is into this match as much as I was. Both men rise up. Omega goes for a powerbomb, but Takesha hits another elbow. Omega counters into his own powerbomb, then another V-trigger for a near fall. He goes for another V-trigger. He actually hits the V-trigger. Goes for the one-winged angel. Takesha counters into a packaged tombstone fucking pile driver for a two-count. I did not... I've never seen that move a day in my life. That was awesome. More moves like that, please, from Takesha. Holy shit. I did not see that coming. That got a big pop out of me. Takesha uh... Excuse me, um, Takeshi does a deadlift German suplex for a two count. Omega avoids another German suplex, he lands a back elbow. Omega comes back, but then Takeshi fires up, and then he hits more elbows. Omega lands another V-trigger, then he hits another V-trigger. Uh, Omega goes for a one-winged angel, countered again. He goes for an avalanche one-winged angel at one point. Takeshi's free, he drops Omega on the ropes. Uh Takesha climbs over with Omega. He hits an avalanche blue thunderbomb, which I thought was the end of the match. It was not. And Omega kicks out. My goodness. Well, hey, at least it wasn't the finish. Uh Kaba would have been mad that it wasn't the finish, but there you go. Uh Takesha wants to he wants to finish move, the Zahi, but and he actually hits it, but Omega kicks out again. Um Kalis tries to refocus Takesha. He gets Takesha to strike the ref. He tries to stab uh, Kenny Omega with, stru- with a screwdriver, and then Omega avoids it. He does more V-triggers, so it literally, so Omega hit approximately seven V-triggers in this match, and none of them had any effect on Takesha. I, I-, I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, know. Takesha has a screwdriver. Uh, hold on. So, Omega goes for the one-winged angel again. Takeshi has a screwdriver. Referee sees it. Thank God he saw it because I would have fined the shit out of that referee. Um, he takes a screwdriver away. They trade roll-ups. Takeshi has a wheelbarrow suplex. And then he hits another Zahi. Omega kicks out again. Then he hits another Zahi with the knee exposed. And that finally beats Kenny Omega. It took three Zahis from Kenny. Excuse me. I almost said Kenny Omega. Takeshi wins the match. One, two, three. It took three Zahis to pin Kenny-Omega. It took three Zahis. Three finishing moves to pin Kenny-fucking-Omega. You can't make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this was the second best match on this entire show. Don't get me wrong, but my goodness. It did not need to take three finishing moves and then an Avalanche Blue Thunderbomb to pin Kenny-Omega. Oh, uh, man. I don't know anymore. Uh, I'm, I'll give this match a 9. This match was excellent. Best, probably the second best thing on the entire show except the main event. Um, I thought this match was great. Uh, I gave this match a 9 for wrestling. Logic, probably a 4, maybe a 5, because there was, like, what, three interference spots from Don Callis? Uh, Takeshi should have won this match clean, which, I mean, he did win clean, but he didn't need Don Callis to help him out win the match. That makes, um... Takasha looked weak here. I, I don't. I don't understand. But um, I do. I do understand that to won. I'm glad he won. He needs to win, and he's over. It's just the fact that he needs more fucking. He needs a. Uh, he needs a whole entire entrance music. His entrance music is mosquitoes buzzing in the fucking Amazon forest somewhere. It goes like this. Mm-hmm. Come on. Change this man's team, bro. I'm saying this for the last time on the show. Change this man's team. Jesus Christ. And then this next match. Oh my God. This match. <laughs> you know, normally I would give a positive rating here. But um, I'm just glad. Actually, no, I'm not glad. Our next match, the semi main event of the show Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, still employed. Switchblade Jay White, Austin Gunn, still employed. Colton Gunn, still employed. Versus FTR, the World Tag Team Champions, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Also, um, respect to FTR. There will be no FTR slander in this entire episode. None. But there will be some to the Young Bucks, who are also still employed. Get. This shit off TV. Rick Knox was your referee. No rating. This fucking sucked. Anything Rick Knox related. Automatic zero. And, and also, to make matters worse, to make matters worse, the reason why I'm giving this a no rating. Bullet Club Gold won. So you mean to tell me. Bullet Club Gold can beat the Young Bucks and FTR in a eight-man tag team match. But they can't beat FTR in a normal tag team match in 60 minutes. AEW Logic, ladies and gentlemen. AEW Logic. Rick Knox, your fucking referee, and already by unanimous vote, Rick Knox is to Get Off My TV Referee Award winner for the month of September. Get this man the hell out of here. If I see this man, by next year, somebody getting their ass whooped. I don't know who in the right mind thinks Rick Knox is one of the best referees in all of professional wrestling. You're out of your skull. You gotta be smoking the most highest of fucking heroin I've ever seen in my life. Moving on, main event. This was an excellent main event. Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the International Championship. This match was awesome. I'm actually going to review this match because this match was actually great. Um, oh, okay, hold on. Let me let me calm down for a minute here. Um, Orange Cassidy, he just chills out. Moxley waits for him. So Moxley hits him with an elbow and then he hits some chops. He bites Orange Cassidy and... Cassidy hits a boot and then an elbow. He hits a running dropkick. Uh, orange, Cassidy goes for the orange punch early. But Moxley hits a Saito suplex. And then another one. So he hits two Saito suplexes and a no, in a row. Almost killed Orange Cassidy. On, and almost broke his damn neck. Um, Cassidy lands on the apron. And he lashes a few punches. Um, he hits a crossbody. But Moxley rolls through and he beats up Orange Cassidy some more. Orange Cassidy hits a Stun Dog Millionaire. And then a Suicide Dive. Cassidy hits a around-the-world DDT back into the ring. Um, Moxley then... Hold on. Hold on. No. He went for a DDT. Then Moxley countered into a release suplex. And Moxley beats the hell out of Orange Cassidy. Moxley sings Orange Cassidy into the ring post. And Cassidy is bleeding like a stuffed pig. My goodness. Orange Cassidy bloodied... All the way from right here to, like, right here. His face covered in red, soaking with blood. Oh, my God. Orange Cassidy, I've never seen Orange Cassidy bleed like that before. And I probably don't want to ever again. Because, holy crap, he bled like crazy in this match. Um, Moxley has a power driver back into the ring for a two count. Um, punches, and then, um, Moxley is hitting him with cross face uh, you know, rakes across the face with his forearm or whatever. So Orange Cassidy comes back, he hits some more strikes. But Moxley just uh he wants him to hit him. So Orange Cassidy does the puts his hands in his pockets thing. He hits a fucking headbutt, which I did not expect. Um Orange Cassidy he comes back, he hits some more strikes, but Mox floors him with an elbow. Moxley puts Orange Cassidy on a top rope, he chops him. Um Cassidy Gets out of a superplex attempt. He scratches the back of John Moxley. Then he bites him, and then he has a diving DDT to uh, John Moxley, and that was unbelievable. I I thought I thought John Moxley was out, man. I did not expect that uh, diving DDT. By the way, um, then Cassidy hits a springboard DDT, but he goes for the orange punch, but again, John Moxley moves out of the way. Moxley with a series of jabs. Cassidy rolls through on a sunset flip attempt. And then um, he hits a drop kick, and then he goes for the orange punch, and he actually hits the orange punch, but John Moxley kicks out. That's why I've been saying for the last year now, the orange punch is just an elevated right hand. It is not a legit finishing move. I don't care what nobody says, but take it as what you will. Moxley goes for the Bulldog choke. Cassidy counters, but Moxley counters into a Reneke Choke. Uh, Orange Cassidy gets out. Moxley counters into an arm bar. Uh, Cassidy is able to roll out of it. Moxley then gets the re- the label lock on Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, he won't tap out. Um, Orange Cassidy rolls out to the floor. So he heads out of the ring. He pulls up the mats around the ring, exposing the hard floor underneath the uh, floor on the outside. Moxley wants a power driver. Cassie counters it to a beach break on the on the uh, hard stuff on the outside, which was great. And um, Cassie then drop kicks Moxley heads to the ring steps, and he then scabbers back to the ring. But Moxley gets back to the counter nine. Orange Cassie actually wanted to win this match by counter, which I would have been very pissed off if he won by counter. If he won by counter, you would have gotten a lot of rage out of me, cause holy hell, I did not want to see that shit. I was gonna be so mad. My goodness. So anyway, um, Orange Cassidy goes for another Orange Punch. He hits another Orange Punch. Then he drops another Orange Punch. He goes for a third. Moxie counters into a cutter. Uh, orange Cassidy goes for, uh, excuse me, Moxie goes for a paradigm shift. Cassidy go, gets out of it. He hits a fourth, he hits a, um, he hits a, what? A fourth Orange Punch. Then he hits a spear, but he gets an airfall. Four orange punches to put down John Moxley, and you get a two count. My goodness. Cassidy puts his hands in the pockets. Uh, he does the kicks to Moxley, but they turn into real kicks. But Moxley then counters another kick into a lariat. Then he has another King Kong lariat, and then he has the third, which was actually more of a right hook than a lariat, but he only gets a two count. Moxley hits the Death Rider, but an- another near fall. Moxley takes a moment, Cassidy slowly rises to a feet. He flips off John Moxley. He says, screw you. I want you to finish this match right now. Another Death Rider. It took two Death Riders to pin Orange fucking Cassidy. And this match was excellent. Or John Moxley wins. He wins the international championship here at AEW All Out. But he loses it to Ray Fenix three weeks later in Grand Slam. Which we will go over uh, when we get there. Um, I gave this match another nine. Logic. There was not a lot of logic in this match. They're, they're, these guys just beat the hell out of each other. Really? There was no logic in this match? Really? So, zero. No logic for this. They just beat the hell out of each other. They, that's all they did. All they did was just move after move, and then, you know, Moxie went for a power driver, another counter, and stuff like that. I get the fact that Orange Cassidy lost, and, you know, they want him to do something else now. So,. The title was all for him, but now the title is on Ray Fenix because of that stupid power driver spot that we will talk about when we get there. I'm not going to mention it here. We're going to mention it on the AEW Roundup. So there you go. Anyway, um, John Moxley won the international championship only for him to lose it three weeks later. So there you go, everybody. That is your AEW All Out 2023 review, which hopefully you guys enjoyed here on this extra episode of Life So Many Radio Road Break. Uh, we'll be back for Russell Dream with me and Cabo, and then for Fast Lane, and then for New Japan's Royal Quest 3, which Cabo has been interested in watching, and I may watch that show as well. So we have a pretty busy schedule here as a part of Life's Omni Radio Rope Break, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Also, if you haven't checked it out already, check out the Musical Circle Podcast, which is also on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. If you have not listened to Certified Bangers yet... Capo is always putting out some new stuff, so you can put it on Spotify. You can find it on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts, and there's a lot of great things going on here in the month of October, and it's only going to get better. So I will see you guys for Russell Dream 2023 for AEW. It's going to be a great show. You guys do not want to miss it, so look out for that episode and all of the other episodes right here on Life's Only Radio Road Break. And until next time, and until Russell Dream. I'm your host, Ben Charles. So long, everybody.